Hi everyone, welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. Last week, I brought you mostly up to date with where we're at with Tanner Barton's case. We continue to fight every day for this incredible young man. This week, you will fall in love with Brittany Bell, a stunning woman whose life was taken way too early, and the lack of investigation will infuriate you. Are you ready? Let's do this! One of the best days for Donnell and Donna Bell was Friday, February 10th, 1995. That afternoon in Bartow, Florida, their first and only baby girl, Brittany Sierra Bell, was born. She weighed in at a perfect 5 pounds 4 ounces and 21 and a half inches tall. Brittany was born just two and a half years after her big brother, Donnell II. Brittany and Donnell II grew up together, and the two siblings had a bond that no one could break. This blue-eyed, blonde-haired, stunning girl was born a daddy's girl. And you guys, I want to emphasize her eyes. Brittany's eyes are amazing. They are ginormous and gorgeous. Her daddy was jokingly called her ATM. Uh, best dad ever. (laughs) Especially because Brittany had a knack for expensive shoes. But you guys, Daddy Bell always made sure she got what she wanted. And I love that. This t-ball and softball playing animal-loving cheerleader was queen for her cheerleading team. Brittany played basketball as well in grade school. Basically, Brittany was awesome. (laughs) You guys, Brittany's laugh is contagious. This girl was so much fun and had a giving heart of gold. Yes, Brittany was a daddy's girl, but damn, she loved her mommy. The mom and daughter pair were just about to take RN classes together before Brittany's life was taken way too soon. If you haven't fallen in love with Brittany Bell yet, then listen to this. At the age of 20, Brittany gave birth to a precious baby girl, Kalila. She was Brittany's pride and joy. You guys, Brittany loved on and doted on this sweet baby girl, nicknamed Sissy, like no other. And then, you guys, just 10 months later, at the age of 21, on March 29, 2016, Brittany gave birth to identical twin boys, Tyrese and Maurice, at just 23 weeks pregnant. And you guys, at less than a pound each, Both of her baby boys spent a lengthy amount of time in the hospital. And at just under seven weeks old, on May 15th, 2016, 
Maurice passed away due to E. coli, which led to sepsis, ultimately taking his tiny body's life. Tyrese stayed in the hospital for another six months. This heartbreak took a toll on Brittany. Her kids are her life. She loved being a mom. Brittany's son, Tyrese, is a little miracle and survived his traumatic entrance to this world. He is epileptic, he has cerebral palsy, and he struggles with incontinence. Kalila, Tyrese, and Maurice. A mother's love is never ending. Mama Brittany is with you forever. You guys, Brittany Bell is a loving daughter, sister, mother, and friend. Just nine and a half months after their grandbaby's death, on March 2nd, 2017, Donna and Donnell Bell got the most dreaded call any parent can imagine. This time, their own baby girl, Brittany Sierra Bell was found dead in her Kokomo Manor apartment in Kokomo, Indiana. Today, I am going to tell you what happened to this fun-loving 22-year-old mother from the perspective of her mom, Donna. I spoke with Donna for many hours and cannot imagine her heartbreak. Like so many other grieving parents, Donna was told she can't have certain documents from Kokomo Police Department. She has been ignored by Kokomo Police Department, and she has been ignored by the coroner. Yes, the same coroner in Tanner Barton's case. You guys, this is complete bullshit. And once again, lacking any sign of empathy... What if this was their child? Would these professionals be okay with being ignored and not getting answers that they deserved? We have already submitted multiple public records requests, and I was told that they will respond in a reasonable time. Oh, okay, Kokomo Police Department. Let's hope you're more reasonable than Mr. Wilson. (laughs) Because we all know that bar is set pretty low. So you guys, what happened to Brittany Bell? On Wednesday, March 1st, 2017, Brittany had a dentist appointment to get a root canal. Ouch. Her nearly two-year-old daughter, Kalila, had plans to spend the day and night with Brittany's parents, Mama and Papa, and Tyrese had spent the time at his nurse's house. The plan was for Brittany to take the trolley to the dentist, and then her mom, Donna, would pick her up. Well, Brittany decided not to go to the dentist, stating that she didn't want to leave her friend, Vincent, alone at her apartment. Vinny started hanging around Brittany more often once her boyfriend and baby daddy, Reese, went to jail. Reese was released in January 2017, but was locked back up on February 20th that same year. Unfortunately, this was a pattern for him. In fact, Reese is currently incarcerated and sentenced to 10 years. 
I'll go into a lot more detail about Reese in future episodes, but for now, back to Vinny. <laughs> so, with no root canal and no pain from the dentist, Vinny admitted that he and Brittany stayed in the apartment and, well, got a little frisky. According to Vinny, Brittany was satisfied, but Vinny was not. She, quote, didn't let him finish, end quote. This, you guys, made Vinny mad. Aw, poor Vinny didn't get a chance to finish. You know what? Go take a fucking shower and finish in there. It's not all about you, Vinny. Okay, so this is when things get a little more blurry and alleged. But I promise you, we will get the truth and we will get justice for Brittany. On Thursday, March 2nd, 2017, at 3.06 in the morning, an emergency call came into Kokomo Police Department from a male named Anthony, stating that he found Brittany dead in her apartment. Now, you guys, I have to be very clear. I do not have the police report, the 911 call, coroner's report, or any photos at this time. Much of what I report on in this episode will be confirmed or denied in upcoming weeks. However, thanks to Donna, I do currently have the Kokomo Fire Report, the St. Vincent Kokomo Ambulance Report, the Toxicology Report, and the Pathologist Report. Donna requested the police report and those assholes only gave her page one of one 190. Yes, that's all they would give Brittany's mother. And it states on that one page that the status of her case is closed. We're on it. Okay, let's go back to the crime scene. Brittany Bell was found in her bedroom, naked from the waist down, with blood coming from her nose, mouth, and vagina. One breast was exposed, and she had been robbed by someone that knew where she kept her money. There were empty pill bottles scattered around the home. Kokomo Fire arrived on scene at 3.13 a.m. and left eight minutes later. Here is the narrative written by Daniel Sargent. Quote, Called to location for a possible 10-0. KPD on scene, arrived and found patient unconscious and unresponsive. Medics on scene determined patient have been 10-0 for a long period of time. Medics advised E4 to go back to service. E4 went back to service. End quote. I want to know what medics were on the scene before fire. Listen to this. Kokomo PD reports the occurrence time as 3.06 a.m. Kokomo Fire arrived at 3.13 a.m. and left at 3.21 a.m. St. Vincent Kokomo Ambulance at the scene at 3.21 a.m. at the patient... At 3.23 a.m., and you guys, that's after fire had already left the scene. So how could they be the medics reporting to fire about patient dead for a long period of time? 
and then call closed just four minutes later at 3.27 a.m. Who are the medics that Fire is talking about that was on scene? Brittany's death certificate states time of death at 3.23 a.m. This is not adding up. You know what, though? Maybe once I get the rest of the documents, it will. But I have my doubts. The Kokomo Ambulance Assessment is as follows. Quote, Upon arrival at the scene, the patient is found lying supine on the floor in the back bedroom of the apartment. Law enforcement and KPD is on the scene and informed EMS that the patient is an obvious death. Patient is noted to be unresponsive to all stimuli. Patient had no pulse and no respirations present. Obvious signs of death present. Blood is noted to the patient throat. Medications were found at the scene prescribed to the patient and are documented. Scene was turned back to law enforcement and KPD will be awaiting coroner arrival. End quote. If they're waiting on coroner arrival, then who pronounced Brittany's death at 3.23 a.m.? You guys, at 3.31 a.m., Kokomo Police Department was already back and writing their report. This is a minuscule 26 minutes after hearing about Brittany's death. Kokomo Police Department did not report Brittany's apartment as a crime scene. They left her home stating overdose as her cause of death, and her death certificate states cardiac dysrhythmia. But the manner of death is listed could not be determined. Brittany's family and friends have learned so much more about Brittany's death, and we now know that Brittany did not overdose. You guys, it took five weeks for the family to get the toxicology results, and you won't believe what they found. Brittany did not die due to an overdose. So what happened then? We know that Brittany was living with an older woman named Stacy at the time, and we know that Stacy was at the crime scene when Brittany died. Stacy has lots of splaining to do because her stories are all over the fucking place. Allegedly, Stacy called her friend Anthony to come pick her up that day. She said she couldn't wake up Brittany, but then later she called him back and said that she was able to wake her up. Stacy was seen by Anthony running out of their apartment, wrapped in a blanket, acting strange when she got into Anthony's car. She allegedly told him to hurry up and leave and do not go up there. Donna's nephew was at the same house Stacy was dropped off at, and you guys, he saw her wearing the exact same blanket. This is when Stacy started the rumor about Brittany overdosing. And listen to this, you guys. It is reported that Stacy and two black guys were seen moving Stacy's belongings out of the apartment sometime after Brittany was killed and before 911 was called. Yes, 
Stacy went back to the apartment, moved all of her belongings out prior to 911 being called. Around 3 a.m., Anthony went back to the apartment to check on Brittany, which is odd because they really don't have a relationship like that. Anthony only goes there for Stacy, which is still odd because Anthony married Stacy's twin sister, Casey. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, Anthony wanted to go check on Brittany And this is when, coincidentally, of which there are none, a fire was reported at Pastorific, an Italian restaurant with surveillance cameras pointing directly at Brittany's parking lot. The 911 call about Brittany and the call for the fire occurred within minutes of each other. Did you guys really get that? So within minutes... Somebody had set Pastorific on fire right where their surveillance cameras are so nobody could get that video of anything pointing in the direction of Brittany's apartment or her parking lot just minutes before Anthony called 911. I am waiting on both of these 911 calls, and I promise you, I will share them when they arrive. So now we know three people that were allegedly at Brittany's apartment the day she died. We have Vincent, who was slightly obsessed with Brittany and mad she wouldn't finish having sex with him and knew where she kept her money. Remember, Brittany was robbed of her money that was located in her bra. We have Stacy that was living there and said she couldn't wake Brittany up, but then she was able to. Stacy also is the one that got dropped off at a nearby dope house and told people that Brittany overdosed. We have Anthony, who is the one that called 911 regarding Brittany's death. You guys, we know that Brittany was pronounced dead at 3.23 a.m. and that rigor mortis had already set in, meaning she had died prior to that time. We know that Brittany's parents were not made aware of their daughter's death until around 11 a.m., nearly eight hours later. We know that no one was asked to identify Brittany's body. They used her driver's license instead. We know that Kokomo Police Department left Brittany's apartment naming overdose as her cause of death. And we know that that is not a fact. We know that Brittany was found naked, waist down, bleeding from her vagina. And Kokomo Police Department did not do a rape test. Yeah, they did not do a rape test on Brittany. We know that the last time Brittany's mother heard from her was March 1st, 2017 at 9.51 a.m. We know that Brittany's family has received death threats. One of them that reads the following, quote, You stop. Kids can end up same way mommy. End quote. And KPD has done nothing about it. This note 
was left on their back windshield of the car in their own driveway. Kokomo Police Department has only interviewed two people in this case. Stacy and Anthony. Why? Why not the neighbors? Why not Vinny? Why not people at the dope house Stacy was dropped off at? Why not Brittany's family? The fact is, Kokomo Police Department has only talked to Brittany's mother and father one time since their daughter's death. Hey, Kokomo Police Department, you're sounding a whole lot like Van Buren Township Police Department. And for those of you who don't know them, that's not a compliment. Someone knows exactly what happened to Brittany Bell leading up to her death on March 2nd, 2017. You guys, this case is so complicated. I wanted to give you an overview today, and I will go into so much more detail in the coming weeks. I have witness conversations that I will be sharing, as well as more official documents as they are shared with me. Brittany deserves justice. Brittany's beautiful babies deserve to know the truth about what happened to their mama. Brittany's family and friends deserve justice. There are a shit ton of injustices in Brittany's case and a shit ton of liars too. One thing is for certain, we will get to the bottom of this. Not only are we fighting for Brittany, we are fighting for her sweet babies that never should have had to go through this fight for their mommy. I want to point out to you guys that at the time of this recording, Donna and Donnell Bell have co-guardianship of Tyrese and they have full custody of Kalila. How amazing is that? Sure, we can all say we do the same thing, but it's one thing to say it and another to actually do it. Donna and Donnell. Dwayne and I take our hats off to both of you for the unconditional love you are proving to not only your baby girl, but to your grandbabies too. Next week, I go into more detail about Brittany's so-called friends. I have received a poem that is very telling, written by her wannabe lover, Vincent, that will blow your mind. I am hoping to have both Stacy and Anthony's police interviews to discuss with all of you by that time as well. And I will explain the toxicology results, how that report plays a huge role in what really happened to Brittany Sierra Bell. With the help of all of you, we know that we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. You guys, I have had many of you reach out and ask how you can help. One way to help is to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you enjoy listening, this is free and it will help get awareness to the public about the injustices 
happening to so many grieving families. Thank you so much for all of your support. We are currently planning a peaceful protest in Howard County on Tanner Barton's birthday, July 2nd, 2021. We are hoping that this can coincide with Brittany Bell, and we are getting merch ready for the protest and hope to see as many of you there as possible. You guys, more details will be available soon on Facebook at Tanner's Voice and Can't Stop, Won't Stop, as well as at MyLindsayAnn on Instagram. I want to give a huge shout out to Donna Bell, Brittany's mother. You are a force to be reckoned with. Because of you, I am able to share your baby's story. Because of you, we are going to get justice for Brittany, her babies, and your family. I am honored to speak on your behalf and share your baby's truth. It is absolutely disgusting what so many grieving families have to go through. What if this happened to your innocent child? What if your loved one's friends staged a crime scene? Would you stop fighting? Would you back down? Hell no. We can't stop and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has Only been four years since Brittany was taken from all of us. It has been four years of obstacles and lies from people she trusted and from the police. It has been four years that no family should ever have to go through. Brittany, we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. You guys, please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information, where Dwayne and I go live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow me on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn. A huge thank you to singer and songwriter Mr. Peace for allowing us the rights to use the song Where'd You Go, featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. We appreciate you. Can't wait for next week, you guys. Seems like it's been forever since you've been gone. Where'd you go? I miss you so. Seems like it's been forever since you've been gone. Please come back home. I got the phone call from Grandma Flo and I was like, no, God, no, please, no. Tell me it ain't so. Tell me that I'm dreaming. Me a way to get rid of all these feelings that I'm now having of anger and fear. I just saw Peyton in June of this.